Hi, so this is a very different episode for us today. Normally, we're, as is in the name, we're a little more jocular than we are today. We're going to tackle a pretty serious topic, um, and it's empathy. We both feel that the world has taken on a very angry tone, and it's gotten to be too much. And we just want to address it in our own way. So don't worry, next time we'll be back with uh, a little bit more lighter, more fun episodes. But for this one, we we just wanted to, to have this discussion. Tomas, do you think I'm an empathetic person? A, p- a pathetic person, maybe, but empathetic? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, of course. I, I think you have empathy, too. Maybe not as much <laughs> nice. as I do. So why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about empathy? Funny enough, I've thought about it. So we're living in this incredibly divisive time, politically, socially, environmentally. Our opinions have become so dear to us that it's often hard to even understand someone with a varying opinion. I think these past few years have brought this problem even more into focus, and I see the root of the problem being a lack of empathy. Do you think this is across the board, or do you think this is just political? No, unfortunately, I feel this problem is very far-reaching. Well, so... Let's define empathy first before we get into all the different types and how we think we can deal with this maybe, this problem. It's putting yourself in someone else's shoes. That's a little different than what sometimes I think people think of as empathy, but that is what it is. Okay. Well, for me, empathy has always been trying to understand why someone feels the way they do. Yeah. So to truly understand somebody, I feel like you need a certain amount of empathy. You don't have to agree with them, but it helps frame why someone is acting in a certain way and why they would have certain opinions. And unfortunately, I see it as something that is sorely missing in social discourse today. You're definitely right. Honestly, the last five years, it's been worse than I've ever seen. It started with the campaign where things started amping up or ramping up. And then it exploded as soon as the uh, election happened, right? I agree. But I think there's been this slow ramp up to where we are today. And it's in no small part due to media. Mm -hmm. And what's really disconcerting to me is our opinions are parroted back to us. So media is becoming curated to your own opinions and your own belief system. Whatever you believe, that's the media you consume. And it's created this incredible amount of anger. I think that... People are so angry on both sides of the spectrum. Like, let's say you're a a Trump voter and you've been watching the news. You're angry because they very often misquote him and mischaracterize him, whether you like him or not. I mean, you know, you can have your own opinions, but this is an opinion. This Mm -hmm. is just what happens because I think they got so frustrated with him saying fake news that then they ramped it up. And not only did they ramp it up, but they also ramped it up about who the Trump supporters were. I think they mischaracterized Trump supporters, which is even worse because... Which shows a lack of empathy. Well, yeah. So so it it definitely does because it's hard to have empathy when if you're not a Trump supporter. It's hard to have empathy for the Trump supporters when you're seeing them a certain way because that's what you're being told. And on the other side, it's hard to see a liberal or a not Trump supporter realistically. 
Right. So if you're so surrounded by your own opinions, it's hard to even fathom how someone could have a different opinion. And when you're considering media, I feel like there's a bunch of factors that have contributed to this lack of empathy. One is the tendency for people to listen to media that doesn't challenge their opinions. So media is catered to your belief system and it tracks you. So much so that you'll see it in social media, Facebook, etc. And even in text. I've gotten texts that have asked for my political support. And a funny thing is I've always been taught to see if the devil has horns. So I consume media from the opposite side of what I believe just to see if maybe I'm incorrect. Yeah. It's I'm the same I'm the same way. They they keep getting confused. Like one day they'll they'd be sending me a whole bunch of Trump stuff, the next day they'd be sending me a whole bunch of Biden stuff, and I'm like, you guys just have no idea where I am. Screwing up their analytics. So do you agree that your opinion is parroted back to you and you're not being challenged and that media has just served to magnify the divide between us? That's too simple an explanation. It's not just <laughs> well, catering I'm, to political I'm a, beliefs. I'm a simple guy. They cater you <laughs> the whole reason that it happens is they want you to stay on the platform as long as possible so how do they do it's about that money. they it's all about money so how do they do that they show you things that they know you're going to be interested in for example one day you're shopping online for and they're all integrated by the way one day you're shopping online for a new stereo or whatever all mm-hmm. of a sudden on facebook you're going to start to see ads or or content about stereos right and you're like well that's weird i I was just thinking about getting a stereo lo and behold show you content about stereos and you're wondering how do they know that but hey i was just looking for a stereo well they do that with everything so if you're looking up content about a political candidate they think you're supporting that political candidate and they show you more things from that candidate or more things that you're gonna you're gonna like but it's across the board it's it's definitely you're you're right i mean it's definitely all about money yeah nothing is free so if you download a game on your phone or an app on your phone and it's free it's mining information on you and most likely selling it if you read an article it's adding to your profile etc All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, mainstream media. So I think it's been this progressive ramp up to where we are now. You know, there there was a debate in the 1960s with Gore Vidal and William F. Buckley. It was after the, the Republican National Convention in the late 60s. And I think that was one of the pivotal times in mainstream media where the interviewers went after each other Personally, I believe Gore Vidal called William F. Buckley a crypto Nazi, and <laughs> William F. Buckley said uh, basically that if he, if he hears that again out of Gore Vidal's mouth, he's going to punch him in the face. That was a pivotal time. So it wasn't about opinions, and it wasn't social discourse. Let me think about where you're coming from. It was let's go after you personally. And I think that was the beginning of something that really started ramping up. You're definitely right. As soon as you start making an argument and turning it personal, like even in my own discussions with family and friends, and as soon as you start attacking somebody personally, you've lost your way. You're right. They made it okay. And that is the beginning of losing empathy. I like to sort of reframe it when I think about it, because I think about when I think about like family and friends and even clients, I am much more willing to see the positive side of being empathetic of like I'm much more relaxed. I'm much more 
I'm kinder when when they talk, even if I disagree. I'll, I'll listen and I'll try and understand where they're coming from, and and we'll have a much more civil conversation. And think about if I treated my clients the way I might treat somebody in a political discussion. They would no longer be my clients. I could no longer be making money. If I treated my family members that way, they'd be like, mm-hmm. all right, we love you, but you're a jackass. <laughs> nice, which, which may be true. You never know. So <laughs> my point with, with it is that I feel that empathy has been characterized as a weakness, but I believe it's a strength. And I think it takes incredible strength to feel empathy because it makes you vulnerable in some ways and it can create vulnerability and maybe people can assume that you're fragile by being empathetic, but you're not, in my humble opinion. This is why debating politics on social media is so bad, right? Yeah. It often becomes very personal in social media where someone's being attacked personally for their belief system as opposed to just a disagreement of opinion. Without knowing anything about them. Yeah. So like you, I don't uh, engage in political debate almost ever in social media but because of that. Yeah. So I did it once. Um, I, I, something really upset me. This is years ago. And I posted on Facebook. And a, a lot of my friends are on the political spectrum that I'm on, but a lot of them aren't, right? So one of my buddies from our hometown posted a, another view. Very smart guy, very nice guy, a friend of mine from high school. So many of my friends jumped on him for for opposing what I was saying, and they were so mean. And I was like, I had to step in and go, guys, this is a friend of mine from high school. He's allowed to disagree with me. He's being respectful. You need to be respectful to him back. And then then after that, I just decided, you know what? I'm never doing this again. Yeah, that's rough. We're almost being conditioned to feel that if someone has a different opinion than us, that they're a bad person, as opposed to just they have a different opinion. It's unfortunate, but I've caught myself thinking, I thought you were smart. How could you disagree with me? Oh, my God, yeah. I'm such an idiot. How could I, you know? That's terrible. (laughs) I've called people stupid for thinking that. Like, really? That's just stupid. And and it's like, well, that's not that's not a cogent... I've been the recipient, unfortunately, of some of that. Yeah, I have. That's not a cogent argument. But but it happens by accident, you know, and yeah, and you don't mean it, but you're hot at the time, and and it's and it's that's the kind of stuff that we really have to guard against. Agreed, I agree. Now, if I could, I'd like to explain the saying that I've been using in this podcast all too often, which is to see if the devil has horns. I love this saying, and if you haven't heard it, it reminds you to listen to opposing opinions and arguments to challenge your own opinion. And to not judge people at face value. Mm -hmm. Now, historically, colleges have been the place to challenge our opinions and to give developing minds the opportunity to form their own opinions. But my understanding is that currently most colleges don't encourage students or faculty of varying opinions and political backgrounds to freely talk about their views without the fear of being ostracized in some way, Mm -hmm. but instead they push an ideology that is of one mind. But the point is, in college, you should feel free to hear a variety of beliefs, perspectives, theories, hypotheses on a plethora of different subjects that challenge your own views and help solidify your own opinions and values. Absolutely. I mean, you need to be free thinkers. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you need to have your own opinion. Which brings me to... Another point we were going to talk about, which is 
sometimes you just need a hug. You know, if we care about each other and we start a debate or an argument with the thought that that's a human being in front of me I'm talking to that deserves respect, mm-hmm. um, I feel that it right away sets a tone. One where we're trying to understand each other as opposed to trying to beat each other over the heads with our opinions. Yeah. Well, kindness opens the door to, to, to empathy. Yeah. Like, you, if, you know, if, even if you don't know somebody, if you think of them as like, all right, I don't know them. Let me give them the benefit of the doubt. They're probably a decent person. Let me be kind to them. That is felt. So, and even if, I noticed that even if I don't, agree with what somebody's saying or I don't have empathy towards somebody, if I try and say that I understand the other side first, before even before I do, the conversation opens up and then maybe I can I really can understand well, because there's more depth to the conversation at that yeah, point. Well in our lives together, I mean when when we've gotten into disagreements, I feel like generally speaking, our disagreements have opened up a better understanding of each other. Meaning we might have wanted yeah. to hit each other during the disagreement, and we possibly have come to blows. I feel like we did once, <laughs> but maybe we didn't. Oh no, <laughs> we never did. No, okay. no. Right. I should, you know, absolutely okay. not. But um, <laughs> what? But I feel like the disagreements generally have opened up a better tr- uh, understanding of each other. Do you know what I mean? Like a deeper understanding of you yeah. as a friend, and that's true with everybody. But like you bringing it back to what you said with kindness, without that feeling. Like, I, I want to be kind to this person. I don't want to make them feel bad. Without that starting off that way, uh, you would never get to the understanding. You know, when you said uh, sometimes you, need, you just need a hug, I visually went to, you know, just giving somebody a big friggin' bear hug right in the middle of, of an <laughs> argument yeah. and getting, getting my uh, ass kicked for, for doing it. <laughs> but uh, affection is the beginning of empathy, too. Like, being affectionate yeah. to somebody can definitely diffuse the situation. Absolutely. Often when little G and I have a disagreement, um, I'll, I'll use that, uh, that tactic. I'll give, him, I'll give him a hug and tell him I love him, which, which I really do doesn't always work but uh yeah i've done that all right so another thought i had was what about the who suffered more olympics oh wow yeah where everyone wants to speak about their own pain yeah i i gotta tell you that's tough to understand i i think when you're focusing on your own pain rather than somebody else's you're creating Mm -hmm. more pain for yourself even even when I got yeah. sick, you know, I was so grateful that COVID didn't put me into the hospital. I mean, it was it was a rough couple of weeks, but it wasn't nearly as rough as it could have been. And I I just kept like waiting and and kind of praying every day that okay, this doesn't go past this point, and it didn't. Every everybody feels pain, right? Everyone has pain. Everyone's fragile. Every human being. Yep. I don't care who it is. We're all fragile. All right, um, this is terrible. I'm going to say it. We can edit this out. Hitler was a baby once, right? If you could go back in time and you could find Hitler as a baby, would you, would you kill this innocent baby? Because you know when this baby grows up, it's going to turn into the worst tyrant, the most evil person that's ever lived. So in other question. words, do you ha- could you have empathy for baby Hitler? Is that what you're asking? Could you have yeah. empathy for baby yeah. Hitler? Yeah, because he's of a baby. Course. He didn't kill anybody yet. So... <laughs> Right, <laughs> and maybe, maybe if Hitler had some empathy in his life, he would have just been a disgruntled like sausage salesman, salesman in Bavaria. As a... <laughs> it goes back to giving the hug. Sometimes you just need a hug. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Perhaps he never got a hug. It's, I guess we're getting at the that empathy breeds understanding. It does. It does. I mean, think about like anytime like with with Tracy and and anytime I have a, a disagreement with Stacy, you know, which doesn't happen very often. But which, by the way, I just thought of yeah. <laughs> Stacy and, and Tracy. I love it. They're like a, a <laughs> <Yeah>. cartoon duo. <laughs> you know, if you sit and listen. And you're looking them in the eye. There are so many ways to soften what could be a difficult discussion. Mm. Again, why not do it? Do that all the time. Like you would, I would extend that to her. I should extend that kind of thing to everybody. That kind of empathy. Look, I'm not saying that empathy is easy. It can be very difficult to feel empathy for somebody. And I'm quick to anger, which mm. I'm not proud yes. of. I wish I wasn't that way. It's almost never been a benefit to me. And of course, it can only strengthen a relationship if you empathize with each other. And I feel like our inability to feel empathy for our fellow Americans has helped to create the political climate we're in. Yeah, yeah. And I really, I really hope that that's going to change, like that this new president actually doesn't, doesn't treat people who disagree with him disrespectfully. And, and I don't think he will. Yeah. But yeah, God willing. Right, God willing. But the media has to stop doing it too. Yeah, and the media is the worst, Phil. I mean, it's just, it's because people don't listen to the president's speech or the president. They're going to listen to the media's take on the president's yeah. speech, right? We're always fighting for time. So it's easier to listen to it in a chunk or somebody's Cliff Notes version of <laughs> news as opposed to the actual yeah. news. Yeah. But yeah, but we have to take to heart that we all bleed. We all have pain. We're all coming from a particular place, which might not be a, a place that we agree yeah. with. You, you might not agree with someone's opinion, but they have reasons why they feel the way they feel. Do you think a narcissist can empathize with with somebody? I, I think by the I think by the definition you, they can't. Right? Isn't that the definition of narcissism that they can't? They have no empathy. Or that's a sociopath. Maybe that's a sociopath. <laughs> Maybe I'm confusing them. And I've always thought it requires a certain amount of narcissism to be a politician. Well, I think our profession, we were performers. You're a performer still. That requires a certain amount of nar- – like everybody has a certain amount of narcissism. It's just how much of it do you let get out of control, I think, you know, because, because definitely when I got off stage after a good show, I felt like a frigging king. Yeah, yeah, but maybe narcissism and a belief in yourself are two different things. Oh, good. That's a good point. And the other point is perhaps narcissism, maybe not. Certainly empathy mm-hmm. in the arts is is hugely important. When I'm when I'm writing, I have to empathy is the beginning of constructing a character. I have to understand what that character wants and who that character is before I can write them in a script. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the topic of disagreements, I believe it's hard to want to hurt someone you empathize with. And it's hard to be sanctimonious or judgmental when you approach an argument seeking to understand. I'm going to open the door to this conversation. Do you remember growing up, I was a very stubborn kid, very stubborn guy, and I was becoming very, a very stubborn adult. And at one point, I think it was when I was in college, Within a week of each other, both you and my college girlfriend, who was a, the sweetest person on the planet and the most supportive person on the planet, you both said to me, look, I love you, 
but you're a stubborn ass. And if you don't stop it, I'm not going to be able to continue to be around you. The two most important people in my life, other than my family, said that to me within a week. I don't remember saying it, actually, but I I, might have. I can imagine it. Thank God you did. Thank God, because I had to learn how to empathize. Like, there was... There was a lack of empathy there in a lot of cases. That's lack of empathy breeds stubbornness. Mm. You know, I was being stubborn because I didn't want to see the other side of things. That was so useful. That was so important in my life. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think empathy is easy. It's something that I believe you have to learn. I think we're all Mm -hmm. born a bit selfish. If you're hungry, you eat. If you want to play with a certain toy, you usually just get that toy. You know, my son Gabriel was in daycare within six or so weeks of being born. He had to learn to deal with little human beings that had similar needs to his own, and he had to learn to share. I saw how it affected him. It was amazing. It, I mm-hmm. think it helped make him more empathetic. If someone is hurt in any way, he's always the first person to ask if they need help, both in school and in our family, which I think is difficult, even for me. You know, you can have empathy for somebody, but it can often be difficult to act on that empathy, meaning to, to ask, do you need help? Yeah. With that, um, Phil, do you have any final thoughts? I feel like we covered everything that I've been thinking about. I mean, just my, my final thought is let's just try and with everybody you're just in contact with, try and be as kind as you can. You're going to screw up. I screw up all the time, but... You know, let's just let's just try and be as nice to each other as we can, and then, and things will slowly dial back down. Hopefully, hopefully, for me, more than any other time in my life, I feel we need to empathize and to try to seek to understand each other, to look to each person as an individual and not to judge them by the costumes they wear. Without empathy, I fear the divisive and painful year we just lived through may only be the beginning. All right. And on that, and on that note, uh, I hate you, Tom, and, and thanks for being here. And I hate you, too. <laughs> but, you know, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Still hate you. Hush now. Don't explain. There ain't Don't explain